Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Well, we're coming up to the end of January, and hopefully you are still on track with your goals. But if you're not, that's okay. Many people's goals and resolutions have fallen off by the end of January. I'm very excited today to be talking with my guest, Rachel Pereira. She is the queer founder of Mastermind Business Services, an operations agency built to help other female and queer-founded businesses to generate a greater impact on the world. She has over a decade of operations and leadership experience between the corporate and online spaces that she leverages to lead her team and to help her clients achieve their goals. Outside of her work life, Rachel is also a wife, a mother of two humans, and a pizza addict who lives outside of Austin, Texas. Rachel, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I am happy to be here. And I have to ask, what's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, okay. Well, way to steal the pizza show because I had this as a question to ask you. So I am from Chicago. And so my question to you was going to be Chicago or New York style pizza. (laughs) Well, this is definitely the wrong answer for this podcast, but my dad's from Brooklyn. So New York style. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll let that slide, but I actually was having uh, pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni is my favorite topping the other day. And I was having pizza with a, a kid and he's from Phoenix. And when I asked for a fork and knife, he thought that was very weird that I ate my pizza with a fork and knife. So then I had to explain to him why, because I grew up in Chicago with the deep dish pizza. And so no matter what style of pizza that I eat, I eat it with a fork and knife. And what's even funnier is he grew up here in Phoenix and Denver and he folded it like a New York style pizza. So I I always love the topic of pizza because I feel like it's very dividing sometimes. So we'll let we'll let you slide on the New York pizza I'm so excited to have you on the show. As a fellow operations, I'll say I'm a geek. I love talking with my operations folks, especially around this topic of goals, because one of the things that happens when people set goals is that they have these dreams and really big ideas, and they really want to make them come to life. And then life gets in the way, emails, kids, you know, you have two humans that you're raising. And I, I, I think the operations people are really good at operationalizing their goals and helping to make those come to life. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on setting goals and how you create those systems so that your goals actually are achieved. Yeah. So for me, again, because of the operations piece, I 
I want to start with what the big goal, like what is my big scary goal? Why am I really doing all of this? And so that encompasses professional and personal, like what do I want that to look like? And then work backwards. Um, so in, in that sense, I'm, I'm for me, I'm envisioning grow, continuing to grow my agency. I also want to open a nonprofit foundation in the next two years. And so like keeping those things in mind as I plan out 2022 helps me be focused to make sure that the goals I'm planning now are actively pushing me towards my big goal later. So that's step one for me as I start with that. That is something that I think a lot of people underestimate how important it is to do that work around your vision when you're creating your goals, because it's a lot easier to not do a goal that's not tied to what you actually want. Um, I know a goal that a lot of my clients and sometimes myself hate is like creating SOPs and documenting your processes in your business. And I actually just recently had a conversation with a colleague as well about this. And she said that to think of it instead of it's not might not be a revenue generating activity, but it's a profit generating activity because as you document those processes, now you can outsource and you have more time back. So after you've visioned your big goals, then we break it down into this year and then even further by quarter and then further by month and then further by task. So we get very granular around here and it's helpful to know. So for me, I don't thrive in a completely structured environment, but I do need deadlines. Um, as someone with ADHD, I found that like that's what's easiest for my brain. And so I found a lot of my clients like that also. So maybe that'll help you listening that you don't necessarily like, I have to, on Monday, I do this, and Tuesday, I do this, and Wednesday, I do this. If that type of schedule doesn't work for you, then instead of trying to force it, let's find something that will. So for me, I have week one goals, like week one of January. These are the things I need to accomplish. I could do them all Monday or I could do them all throughout the week. It, however, it works for me, but I know those need to be done at the end of week one. So when you're creating your tasks and what you're going to do towards your goals, make sure that it's not coming from an ideal place, but a realistic place. What will you actually do? What will be supportive for you in getting able to cross these things off the list. Once you start crossing those things off the list, like you just, that momentum, you're like, I'm winning, I'm achieving, I can keep doing it, it's easier. But those first couple items, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to cross off if, if you don't give yourself a realistic structure. A tool that I love and live in and swear by is my Google Calendar. Everything's in my Google Calendar, everything. Like all of my personal stuff, all of my client stuff, all of my team stuff, it's all coordinated in my calendar. If I have an important deadline, or a task, it's in there. Um, all of my appointments, I block off time sometimes for things if I know like I have a big project I'm working on, or if you know I need a mental health day. So I take like a three day weekend once a month, uh, and so like doing things like that. It's all on my calendar, so I can plan and I can see it, and I give my internal team, you know, access to be able to see like this is my availability. I'm very clear about my availability. And having it all in my Google Calendar also means that it's on my phone with me. It's on my computer. Um, if you have like other smart appliances, like an Alexa or Google, like it's all connected. So you can see like what's on, on the list today. Like what meetings do you have? What deadlines do you have coming up? You can set different reminders. It really helps me because a lot of the things that you don't think about when you're setting these tasks is the mental labor that goes into remembering them. And so if you can take that mental labor off for yourself, and put it on a person, like a personal assistant or a tool, like a Google Calendar, it will free up more of your brain to actually do the tasks. It makes it a lot easier. What about you, Sarah? 
Yeah, I love this idea. I think, you know, I always think about the goldfish. I don't know if you ever played that game as a kid where you threw the balls in the goldfish bowl and then you won a goldfish. I know I came home with a ton of goldfish and my dad always put them in our big fish tank. And so I think about the goldfish growing to the size of the tank. And I think when we don't have deadlines, you know, we're going to take as long as we need to kind of like that goldfish, we're going to get expand out as much as we can. And so this idea that you have of creating false deadlines, because when you just have unlimited time, I'm going to achieve this goal in the next year, you have a whole year to do it. That's 12 months to put that off. And you also brought up the idea of mental space. And many times the things that are really important, the things that like you want to start a foundation or a nonprofit. And that's not going to be easy. Newsflash, I've done it. It's not going to be easy. And when you are trying to do something that's difficult or that you haven't done before, you need all that mental capacity to be able to do that work. And it's a lot easier to look at your to-do list and be like, well, you know, I'll just send five emails because that's easier than trying to really think about your nonprofit. So I love outlining the the goal and bringing it to life by putting it in your calendar. Um, I think one of the other things that comes to mind when you're talking about your calendar is how do you uh, keep those commitments to yourself? When you say you're going to work on XYZ, how do you actually do it? I think oftentimes those are the appointments that get moved around. It's very hard. I, I, <laughs> it makes sense that you're calling that one out. I would say, and even as an operations person, I am not always hundred percent of this either. What I found to be helpful for me is knowing that this is, this is the time I have allocated for this. So if I don't do it now, and I, what am I going to do instead? Right. And then whatever I'm doing instead, that time I'd allocated for that is now the time for this, um, which is kind of my back doorway. <laughs> I, I try as much as possible to stay on what I have scheduled to do. But sometimes, um, particularly for creative things like coming up with content or like I'm just not in the space, I just my brain's just not going to do it. And so now I, I recognize that. So I try to tap into why. So I would say my official answer <laughs> starts at why are you struggling to keep this commitment? Is it because there are other tasks that you feel like are more urgent than this one? Or is it because, you know, you just don't have the brain space. So maybe you need that mental health time, the time for yourself to, to breathe, to rest. And so for me, that's usually, it's usually number two. I'm usually overworking myself and I'm, and so when it's come, it comes time and it's not like a meeting that I'm on with someone and it's just an internal me deadline to hit a me goal, then I'm like, you know what? I'd rather take a nap or I'd rather binge watch Real Housewives or something. Like I'd rather just like not do this task. So then I'll acknowledge that. And then I'll ask myself, do I still want to not do that? If that means that the time that I was going to spend at nine o'clock at night tonight doing that is now for this project. And then I give myself that it's, it's flexibility and, and willingness to roll. Like there's going to be weeks where you feel like crap things still need to get done. Um, and so prioritizing that and your mental health, but also acknowledging that you, whether you mean to or not, you have time in your head earmarked for things like 
watching TV or hanging out with your spouse. And so for me, like I try to never ever work after 8 p.m., which is 8 p.m. is already late. But like I try to never ever even do internal work because 8:30 is when my kids go to bed, and then 8:30 to like 10-ish is when my wife and I have time together. And so I don't want to be working during that time. But acknowledging that there will be times when I just can't, I just mentally cannot handle this task right now. And so giving myself that flexibility and then not punishing myself with guilt when I have to do that. I love this. And and I think one of the things that it's really about is planning your own schedule, but knowing yourself, like, for example, I, I know that I had, I don't work in corporate America anymore, but when I did, I had some really challenging employee conversations. And when I first started, I would like schedule these like all throughout the week. And then as I was reflecting on my week, I was like, how come I didn't get anything done? And that was because all these challenging conversations took time for me to recover. When you're providing performance feedback to somebody and it's not good, you know, that the reason you're meeting with them is it's not good. It took, it took me too long to recover from that. So I started really thinking about my emotional and physical ability to handle certain meetings and plan those, which sounds like a really bad day where they were all in a row, but at least I knew like, hey, that's not going to be my good day at work, but I'm not going to try and get anything else done except for these. And then I can mentally prepare for them. The other thing I find with a lot of entrepreneurs And I work with entrepreneurs on how not to work double time, because I find that a lot of people left corporate America for freedom, and then they build a business that allows them no freedom. And so I always love to ask entrepreneurs, when is your scheduled lunch and break time? And they look at me like, what are you talking about? And I think that's the first thing that should go on our calendars. Because back to your point about all the things you want to handle in the week, many times all the things we put on the list during the week come from a place when we're really motivated. Like Monday morning, I need to get all this done. And then by the time Friday rolls around, you don't have that same level of motivation. And part of it's because we don't take scheduled break times or anything like that. So I love this idea of managing your calendar based on you know, what you're going to have the space for and really getting back into the why. Why am I avoiding this? Is it because I didn't plan well? Is it because I really need a break? Or is it because this is just a really difficult but important task? Love that. So if you were to give somebody two to three tips on how to breathe some life back into their goals or resolutions, if they've already lost some, some momentum, what would those tips be? Great question. So you, I, I, I want to come back to that, but you said something um, when you were talking about entrepreneurs not scheduling themselves breaks. I only started doing that when I hired my operations coordinator. And so I gave her, I was like, I, my calendar's on fire. I need you to help me. Like, how am I in eight meetings a day? Like literally no exaggerating eight meetings a day. How do I make this stuff? And so we worked on my calendar. She's like, oh, when's your lunch? And I was, oh, that's funny. And she went in and scheduled me unavailable for my lunches. I have like my quote unquote office hours that I'm available, like four calls or things that come up and having that, like I have at least one day every Monday through Friday where I don't take any calls. And that's just, if you're in the entrepreneur trenches and you're on a phone call every day, 
really strongly suggest changing that. No, it doesn't mean clients want to work with me less. And no, people are like not super annoyed that maybe they can't get in with me tomorrow. It's more of a that bandwidth of being able to actually show up. By your eighth meeting of the day, you're a shell of a person. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. And I had to learn that the hard way. And so when you said that about scheduling lunches, like do it, schedule them and don't just schedule them, like take them, close your laptop, put your phone in another room and just like go outside and have a snack. It's so, it's so beneficial for your mental health. I really love that you brought that up. I like to call them my union breaks. My dad used to always say that when we were working on something. He'd be like, I'm taking a union break. I never knew what that meant, but for him, that meant a long break and regulated. And so I like to call them my union breaks. Like I have to take them. They're non-negotiable. And I, I, I agree with you. They're totally refreshing and they allow me to then bounce back. Now they don't need to be an hour. Like some people are like, I could never take an hour lunch. Take a half hour, take 15 minutes whatever. But when you block off your calendar for those things and actually take them, it's helpful. Well, cool. I love that. So three tips, two tips, what, what tips would you have if your goals have kind of fallen off? Yeah. So tip number one is where I start with everything and that's audit. Let's look at why it fell off. Was it being honest with yourself? Was it you just not having the sheer willpower to accomplish the goal you set for yourself? Was it because this goal means you need support somewhere? Like maybe it's a big goal that needs to be broken down further um, and you need additional support like coaching or implementation or something of that nature. Or is it something that you are overloading yourself and you're giving yourself lots of goals and lots of tasks and no time to breathe, you know, or is it something totally different? Like, so I would always start with auditing and reviewing and you have to be able to be really honest with yourself. If you really want to know why this didn't happen and how you can change it, you have to have that moment. It's the, you know, your man in the mirror moment where you got to look at yourself and be like, okay, why didn't this happen? Cause I can say that's probably one of the most difficult parts of auditing yourself is having to acknowledge like, okay, this didn't happen because I was lazy and it's okay. Like we're all humans. We're not robots. And so try to acknowledge it without the shame. Like, you don't have to go tell your coach and your sister and your accountant and your team. Like I, this didn't happen because I was lazy, you know, and that's enough. So now, you know, so we can move to step two, which is adjust. So if the laziness is the reason, then you can look at your goals and be like, okay, if I'm feeling lazy, this could be indicative of needing more time for self-care, or maybe I need to block off my calendar better. Look at whatever your reason was that you found in your audit, how you can now adjust your current goals going into February and beyond for you to actually do them because goals are great, but if you're not working towards them, then they're never going to happen. And you're just going to keep feeling, I call it the shame spiral with fondness. You know, nobody wants to be in the shame spiral. And so I always recommend start with audit and then tweak your process. And now that you know, now that you've gone through this process once, as you're going through the month of February, if you start to notice that things are going past their deadline or you're missing things, don't wait till the end to audit and tweak. Audit and tweak in the moment. Why is this happening? Maybe you signed a great new client project that's really big and all that downtime you thought you were going to have is now gone. So you need to restructure your schedule or you need to reevaluate the deadline for your goals and just allow yourself that flexibility. Because as Sarah said, we didn't become entrepreneurs to give ourselves a nine to five clock. You know, you have that flexibility and build your goals around your life versus necessarily the other way around. 
you know, sometimes it's the entrepreneur clock is eight to 9 p.m. or 10 or more. You know, and I think one of the cool things is really that audit is getting to is it's really about not only analyzing what's happening, but getting to know yourself. When when I first started my entrepreneur journey, I, I knew this about myself and I would always joke in my corporate world is I would say, if you give me an idea at 4 p.m., don't worry, I will work on that. And by the next day, because my creative hours are like 6 p.m. to midnight. So my boss would like come to my office at the end of the day and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I always used to joke, I wish I could work like three to midnight. And that just didn't work in a corporate setting. But for me as an entrepreneur, I know that I am most creative in the evening. So I don't schedule creative things at 10 o'clock in the morning because it's just not, I mean, I'll do it, but it's not going to be my best work. So I think it's really about that self-awareness and thinking about when that task is the best, you know, Saturday morning, not, you know, I'm out. So that's not a good time for me to try and do anything. Um, but I think it's really about knowing yourself and, and like you said, doing the audit and making adjustments that weekly check-in. Why am I avoiding this? Why is it not moving forward? So I want to ask you a question. Uh, this year, have you set goals, resolutions, a word of the year, a theme? What's your process and what's on your big list for this year? Love that question. So this year was the first year that my family and I all did physical vision boards together on New Year's Eve, like we got all the materials and we sat down and it was really cool because my kids are 11 and 13. And so they're getting to that age where we're talking more about the future and goals and from from a more realistic standpoint than not realistic, like dream killer, but like, okay, so like, what does that life look like? You know, you want to be, you know, my oldest daughter wants to be the next Beyonce. So it's like, you want to be Beyonce, but like, what does Beyonce's life look like? How do you get there? What does that entail? I don't know. It's the operator brain to me. Anyway, so we set our vision boards and before doing the vision board, I had done a strategic business planning um, for my own business and really just looking at my vision from a holistic point of view. And that was really helpful to guide my goals for the vision board. So in my vision board, I did one where it's just, it's me and the business, like, because realizing I'm the founder. I'm, you know, I'm the owner. It's my business. And so my personal goals and business goals kind of overlap and meld and are together in a sense. And I, I wrote down, like I have pictures and I wrote down what they all were. And I tried to give myself stretch goals and realistic goals for the year and not just fill my vision board with um, stuff that I want in like five to 10 years, but like stuff I want now, like changes I can make in the next 12 months and achieve because Previously, when I would do virtual vision boards, I would put like, you know, huge $800,000 mansion and the Mercedes and, you know, like all of the cool, really expensive stuff that I want to have in five to 10 years, but not now. And so then at the end of the year, you're like, well, I don't have a mansion and a Mercedes when I, you know, didn't accomplish that. So I focused this year on realistic and scary goals. And for those realistic goals, I have a lot of goals centered. A lot of my goals are centered around self-care is being an entrepreneur has taught me that as a wife, as a mother, and as the leader of my business, if I am not okay, none of those other things are because I'm, I'm the glue holding all of them together. 
And so I'm prioritizing self-care in 2022. And I really am already, like, it's already, I've already started crossing some of these things off my vision board, like having accomplished them. And it feels really good um, to be so clear on what I want self-care to be like. I got, got a haircut last weekend. Um, I'm doing quarterly, quarterly spa days where I don't, I don't bring my computer. I just bring a good book or a journal and I'm just, it's quiet. Like get the massage and the body scrub and that's nice, but the quiet is really why I like it so much. Um, and then for the business, you know, I want to expand our services, continue growing our team and do more um, public speaking myself and have more of those things coming in. I have like my kids really want to get a puppy. And so like, that's on my board. Um, you know, I, I took the goals and made a visual version and in my project management tool, which I use ClickUp, I made my goals by quarter. I broke it down by quarter and then into months. And so I have built in time in my schedule now and the middle of the month to evaluate where I'm at. And then at the end of every month to plan out the specific tasks for each week of the following month. So like January's tasks are planned out and then I will be planning out February's right about now. So that way it's ready to go. And then moving in to continue doing that. And that's been helpful for me. And particularly because I do have a team. So when there's business goals that involve more than just me executing them, it's easy for me to use a project management tool to tag them in, give them the necessary info, and then they can move that towards completion also. I love this. You know, so I I love that you talked about starting from your goals and then creating your vision board. I think so many people start from opening a fancy magazine and then putting that on their vision board. And that's how they end up. They see the running shoes that are really cute and purple. And they're like, oh, maybe I'll work out this year. I'll get healthy. I'll get a boyfriend. I'll get a mansion and a Mercedes. And, and so it doesn't come to life because it doesn't start from a place of what you really want. So I love that idea of you sitting down and creating your business goals and, and your thoughts and everything like that. And And the realistic thing too, you know, it's okay to dream and everything like that, but it's also has to be something you can take action on, you know, like your daughter who wants to be Beyonce, is she even a singer? Is she working on her voice? Is she getting good at dancing? You know, like those type of things, like becoming Beyonce is actually a realistic goal if you can take action on those things. So I love that, that concept. And I think one thing that I'll say to anybody listening is that if you haven't created goals for the year or you haven't done a vision board or you haven't even started, this is not a task that's only reserved for the new year. You can do this at any point during the year. You can hit that reset button and get going on on your goals and really get clear about what you want in life and, and all that stuff. So it's not something that you just have to do at the beginning of the year. All right. Any other fun tips or things that you would, that have worked for you or your family? Are, are the kids going to get a puppy by the way? <laughs> um, I don't know. As my daughter pointed out, it is on my vision board. So it's probably going to happen. Um, I, I, I feel very nervous about a puppy because I'm the one who works from home, which means I'm the one who's going to deal with puppy training and I'm not a fan of that, <laughs> but I, I do really also want a dog for, tips honestly like nobody's perfect and there's a you'll see january is full of all the marketing um about setting goals and oh no it's like almost 
you're almost a quarter two, <laughs> you know, and setting goals and don't, don't let that, don't let that scare you. The best time to start is now. And, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from me today that I hope you listening here is to approach it without the shame that you give yourself. Like, don't come in with guilt and shame and, oh, if I had started sooner, I could have let all of that go as hard as hard as it is. And really just know, like, you're taking this step for yourself, for your family, for your business, or for your career. And you're already doing something that is very hard just by acknowledging that you want to do this and sitting down to do the work to do it. Because planning out your goals takes more than 10 minutes, unfortunately. And, (laughs) you know, just even the fact that you're willing to sit down and put in the elbow grease says a lot about you and how motivated you are. And so my biggest advice is to take out the shame. Just love yourself through it. Give yourself some grace. I love that. All right. So if somebody wanted to work with you, where do they find you? How can they work with you? What can they do? Um, And what can they expect if they were to work with you? Yeah. So I can be found at Mastermind Business Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, Rachel Pineda is also, I'm on all of those platforms personally as well. You can find me at mastermindbusinessservices.com. And because of my belief in having a global team, we can work with anyone in pretty much any time zone because I do have a global team. So if you're looking for operations support and you're not just US-based, we got you. Well, I love that. I have a lot of a lot of fans in Australia, as I mentioned, and so they can reach out to you and get started right away on their operational goals. Um, and I, I've loved having you as a guest. I want to ask again, uh, are we still New York pizza or have I swayed you to the Chicago side? I love being a guest, but no, no. I will give you pepperoni as a topping though. It's one of my top three favorites. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe this year you can spend a little more time with Chicago, put it on your vision board to do a little <laughs> more experimenting with Chicago style pizza. And we'll see what, what the outcome of 2022 is. I've absolutely, absolutely loved having you on the show today, Rachel. I just love the way that you take goals from an idea to actually bringing them to life. And I cannot wait to see what you achieve in 2022 and beyond. And when you do get the mansion, make sure you send me a picture of that and the puppy as well, because I would love to see that. So thank you so much for spending your time today. Everybody check out Rachel on social media. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.